Who, who, all of us here, has not embellished their resume in one way or shape or form? Yeah, I say I'm six foot four. <laughs> I don't know why I put that on my resume, but I did. <laughs> it's I feel just, like it's pertinent to the jobs that I'm applying to. It's actually just Zeno's yeah. measurements. That's all his resume is. <laughs> yeah. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> Dump truck. Well, this is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and Brian. And we have a guest today who was tardy and he has already been laid into. So uh, you may be shamed now, Chris. Uh, where the fuck are you from? Why are you on our podcast? Well, I don't know why I'm on your podcast, but I'm from <laughs> Savannah, Georgia and uh, have the pleasure of being with a bunch of knuckleheads from Ghost Coast Distillery. Oh, so yeah. I think that has something to do with hanging out with you guys. Cool. Um, how long has Ghost Coast been around? <laughs> Good pause. Yeah. I'm just going to like beach ball some really dumb questions to make this unexciting as possible. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, we've been operating, we've been an organization or a company since 2014, but didn't start distilling until January 4th, 2017. So tell us about the building that you're in, just because Zeno and I both saw it before it was a distillery, and it seemed like a much cooler business venture. Well, a, a nightclub called the Fruit Room was that what it was? What? That's well, awesome. That was one of them. That was okay. So it was a seventeen thousand square foot uh, nightclub that had actually seven different bars inside of it. So depending on what you wanted to do that particular night. Um, I mean, it would see 4,000 people a night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Whew. Now, how many does the distillery see? About 4,500. <laughs> total, total for the year. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, are you talking pre-COVID or, or post-COVID? Yeah, pre. we're not counting. There was no, there was no pre-COVID. That was all propaganda. We know we know it's all elaborate democratic scam anyways. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We would do about a thousand twelve hundred people a week. Damn. Tuesday through Saturday. Nice. That's pretty good. It does sound like you need to open a few more bars in the distillery. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else to handle the sheer number of products you have. Yeah, we we tooled around on your website, and we were blown away by the portfolio and how vast it is. Well, we assume you know, none of them are very good, but we no, none that. of they all suck. <laughs> and, and 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 that was a you know that was a byproduct of of great Georgia law. Thanks, Georgia. You know, uh, we can't we can't serve anything that's not made there, made on site. So. We decided to have a crazy, stupid cocktail bar, and um, and so to do what we want to do, we got to add. We had to have carousel. We had to have dry aperitif. We had to have sweet aperitif. We had to have peach liqueur. I mean, you name it. We had to come up with it. Governmental loopholes. Love it. Wasn't that a pretty big change from when you guys decided to start the distillery? If I remember right, like. 
the laws were so strict that you weren't going to be even able to sell bottles at the distillery. And then by the time you finally got it built, you had been able to lobby enough to change the laws where you could make 10 billion products. Yeah. I mean, it was when we opened, when we first organized in 2014, the law stated we couldn't even give samples out. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, you can come check us out, but oh no, don't touch it. Don't drink anything. Heaven forbid. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love to go tour a distillery and not <laughs> drink? <laughs> it's a tale as old as time. Not um, this guy. Yeah. That actually, you know what? So to be serious, I've actually been to that bar and they're lovely cocktails. And I think that you guys have actually have had some success with some of those products that you branched out that you probably wouldn't have done if it wasn't that way. No, no. I mean, we were we were going to just try to slug it out as a whiskey and bourbon distillery like everybody else and their brother and sister and cousin and niece and nephew. But the law forced us to do stuff. And what was crazy is it kind of pushed us into a, a, an area that w we weren't necessarily comfortable with, but it tended out being um, great. Cause I mean, right now we're, we're kind of pushing 12 to 13 different variants in distribution, depending on which state we're in. Yeah. That's awesome. It's also kind of conducive to, I don't know. I feel like we talked about this, but I have a shit memory, so I could be totally wrong. Um, but I feel like it's conducive to do like uh, packaged cocktails and especially in like post COVID time and where we are right now, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I mean, your bar is the quintessential cocktail bar because you did that. You know, I, I think I, I'm not a cocktail person. I am more so now that I live in New Orleans, but I, when I came to visit you, you know, I had cocktails and it was great. And it seems like that's what, that makes a lot of sense. Now, are you planning on packaging those and maybe selling or are you already? Did we talk about that? And I'm an idiot. <laughs> Can I just jump in and say yes? <laughs> well, you are an idiot. You had me on your show. So, I mean, good Lord. No, I mean, we're, we're in, we're in uh, R and D right now on some RD, R, RTDs. Um, you know, some, I don't know how we're going to sell them because they're too damn boozy. I mean, we've got one that I think it scales out at like 72 proof when it's all said and done in a, in a can. And I mean, the, the disclaimer is don't try to drink more than three because you'll so, 16 out. ounce cans only. Well, I think this one, I think that one's going to be like a four. Are you, are you making the next four loco? Please do. <laughs> yeah. You heard it first today. Yeah. We crush up crystal meth and then we put it with vodka. <laughs> well, we've, we've named the cocktail Time Traveler for a reason. <laughs> well, so I assume that your bestseller is your Daisy Mays grain alcohol. You know, that, that one, believe it or not, we, we're, doing, we're doing almost 3,500 12-liter cases a year with just that product alone. Because we've got a we've got a great partner in Savannah that has um, you know the frozen daiquiris you know you Zeno you know them but down in in, in yeah New Orleans and and Wet Willies is kick killing it right now because most of the places they have are have moved into to go drinks and things like that so it's just been a boon for us but you know our I think our biggest yeah our biggest 
seller right now is our honey whiskey, um, followed by our ginger, and then our two vodkas, and we just released that our straight bourbon whiskey, which is a three-year-old blend of four different Nashvilles last year, which was a great idea to do <laughs> COVID-wise, but right. it's it picked up pretty quickly um, just because we price pointed it really well and you know who knew off-premise would take off like it did because everybody was stuck at home with their families and needed a reason to drink (laughs) home premise yes that's the new thing right that's the new buzzword home premise right everyone's buying fucking bar carts and it's not going anywhere right no i mean stuff's already getting canceled for this year like i'm talking to people and things are already getting pushed out again like you, I'm going to cancel you. Um, Stop pushing me, man. Yeah. Right. I, what, what's getting canceled, Brian? You can't just drop bombs like that. I, I can because I'm not, not, not technically supposed to say. Uh, <laughs> well, things like WSWA, they're doing digital. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Tales of the Cocktail is not going to do their thing again this year. That's digital. Some other shows. I think we can announce it now. The Still Talking Podcast Conference is, is canceled. We're, no, no, we're going pure digital. Actually, it's still going to be at Zeno's house. So if you want to, feel free to head to Zeno's <laughs> for the conference. Yep, we are, we're the home of the Ascot Award. Oh wait, oh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> uh, that brings up a good question. How would you guys uh, feel if I created an award that just was a statue of me and I gave it out <laughs> to people who pissed me off? I think that'd be great. Like it, it's like an anti-award. Anyone that you just despise, it's a statue of you flipping them off right anyone who comes on the show they immediately get one (laughs) immediately get one (laughs) i would proudly display that too by the way (laughs) now we're gonna have to do it that means a lot i mean how much okay so we talk about this on the show sometime a little more lately but chris how much do you hate the sheer number of like spirits judging like competitions there are now there's too goddamn many. That's my own personal opinion. There are too many because you don't know which ones to be in and which ones not to be in. I mean, I literally get three emails a week of these bullshit shows or, you know, contests that are like, oh, we have all this come out. And they're like, wait a minute, you have like five followers and you want just free booze? Why do I want to do be a part of that? Because heaven forbid, I get something in it and not show, and then I'd be like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> My favorite I saw was uh, they said they would announce who the judges were after the judging. That was my favorite. <laughs> it's totally Good legit. Tactic. I'm sure. <laughs> Just send us the Solid. money and the booze, and you'll be really happy. I'm sure. Isn't that isn't that though much like like a lot of the bloggers out there that you know they 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 talk about how they have all these followers and that you need to send your booze to them and then they'll maybe write a, write something positive for you. And then you're like, Oh great. That's a, that sounds like a good idea. No, that's old school. You got to go with the YouTubers now, send it to the YouTubers and they'll yeah. drink it on air and then talk about, talk shit about your product. That's where you, the money's at. That, that machine is real, man. Uh, <laughs> I can talk to you about, you know, macro distillation that I had some experience in. They were concerned about what bloggers thought. And I was like, this is fucking nonsense. <laughs> right? Like, who cares? <laughs> um, but there is a value to it, right? I mean, you do enter awards. I've, I've judged your spirits in an award before. Um, 
I'm certain I gave them double, triple platinum. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that was not the case because <laughs> they probably didn't deserve it. Is it yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, you enter some, so how do you make that decision? Because I mean, it is definitely part of the marketing and branding, you know, Oh yeah, out of your awards, right? Stands I out. Mean, it, I think it's it. All serious, all serious. You know, yes, it's, it's 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 the ones that are the ones that are tried and true that have been out there the longest. That you know have a distinguished list of judges that you don't know who they are, but they've got a great pedigree and resume that they probably faked. But you know, at least <laughs> it surprised you and you at least feel they hard. took the time to fake it. Right. right. Yeah. I mean. Who, who, all of us here, has not embellished their resume in one way or shape or form? Yeah, I say I'm six foot four. <laughs> I don't know why I put that on my resume, but I did. <laughs> it's I feel just, like it's pertinent to the jobs that I'm applying to. It's actually just Zeno's yeah. measurements. That's all his resume is. <laughs> yeah. 36, 24, 36. <laughs> Dump truck. Uh, Classic. It really is. It really is. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to choose them, but I mean, you definitely. I don't think you can. You could totally abstain from awards, but it definitely. I, I mean, I think it helps educate the consumer for you, right? It at least makes them look twice at your bottle if you put a metal yeah, on I there. Mean, yep. I, I, I think. I mean, you guys know this as well as anybody. You guys have been in the game longer than I have, but it's it's you know. It's it, you're 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 shooting for that uneducated consumer that's walking aimlessly down the hallways of every big giant box store that there is, and are like, oh, because someone won a gold medal, that must be good. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? Yeah, fair. So, what are you guys working on now? At uh, pandemic and snow apocalypse and right. did so did savannah get a few feet of snow this week it's not uh it's not terribly horrible it's february so you guys are doing r&d on rtds it's we just are a bunch of acronyms yeah um, <laughs> uh th- is that going to be helpful with d2c and <laughs> what is that um, tpd <laughs> yeah <laughs> And what's Are you doing a BIB? <laughs> We're dumb. No, I mean we we got some we got some fun stuff uh, brewing right now. We're gonna add to the flavor whiskey line. I mean, it, it's that whether we like it or not that that line you know flavored whiskeys are growing, and so we've gotten fairly decent at it. So we're gonna we're gonna add some some flavors to our whiskey line. Um, I think one of the things that we're playing with right now too is is going to some single barrel stuff, um, some oddballs that we've done. Wait, single barrel flavored whiskeys? No, 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 no. <laughs> I love how begrudgingly you say flavored whiskeys too. <laughs> There's no judgment here. Oh, I mean, there is, but I feel well, you can't see us, so it doesn't matter. Um, oh, I hear it. I hear it. I know you all well enough to hear it in your voice. Whatever, man. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Uh, yeah. I like money more than Fuck I yeah. like whiskey. So. 
I will be the first to line up for that single barrel peach flavored whiskey. <laughs> Can I buy some barrel futures on some ginger peach whiskey? No, because they're too valuable. You can't afford it. <laughs> you know, that's a joke. I know you're GameStop. joking, but you're also being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got to have Elon pull it, you know, give you a, t- a tweet, and you're good. <laughs> oh, that's all we need. We, we're working on it, man. Zeno, we're trying to get Zeno up in space with, uh, with Elon, and that's, that's the future. I like how you guys say it like you're trying to get, like you are putting forth an effort to get me into space. Did y'all watch the lunar landing today? Yes. I took five minutes to see those nerds cheering for stuff, and I was like, I was just blown away. I got a tear. I cried. Right? It's, it's nice to see people happy and like accomplishing shit. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, of all this group on this, uh, on this call, how many people we've seen really, truly happy over the last year? Not many. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen people in months. <laughs> I'm not even sure any of you are real. I just sit in front of a computer <laughs> and talk at a microphone. It could be the voices. So we'll see. Yeah, that guy above the sink in the bathroom is a miserable bastard. <laughs> but at All least right, he's so <laughs> that's true. So you guys went through a pretty major rebranding and you know design change. I, what was it? A year or two in? Yeah, it's like eighteen months. Yeah, so I mean, that must have been. Was that always in the plans, or did you guys kind of sit down and say we need to we need to step it up? No, we, we, uh, I think to be frank and blunt is we listen to too many damn uh, consultants tell us what to do on, on developing who we were. And it was, it was a waste of time and good money. So this new brand design is all you guys. Yeah. I mean, it was, we, we completely shut off all the talk with consultants that had never built a brand or owned a distillery but was telling us what to do and we listened to ourselves and like what do we what do we want to accomplish and you know i think one of the fun things was is we actually had a design group that made us really figure out who the hell we were and um and and or pushed us into a direction that you know they got tired of dealing with us because we took six months to figure something out and they're like you got to make a decision and that's what they did (laughs) right or wrong well that's great that you could bounce back like that and i mean i remember it was pretty soon before the acsa pittsburgh yep right because i remember that was the first time i saw the rebrand yep and i said something i was like man this looks better right it did he didn't say it looks good he just said better no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he chose his words well, clearly. We, had, we were so low, you had no. You the, the expectations were pretty, pretty lofty. <laughs> no, I thought it looked great. Shut up, Colton. Um, <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, you did that. That's. Do you think it's definitely easier doing it eighteen months in, or do you think it's easier, you know, five years on the road? Because I mean, Colton, shit, Corsair did the same kind of thing, right? Yes, 11 years down the road. 11 years down the road. Right? We really <laughs> hopped right on it. Yeah. But I did think, you know, just having recently gone through it, I did think it was really interesting having to sit down with a, you know, design team and 
those questions sound so stupid when they ask you like how do you feel and what you know what do you want to be as an adult brand um they're hard to answer but once you kind of sit down and really think about it it does kind of help define you know the direction even production wants to take yeah, I, I I think though what's fun for me to look at it, I, t- I take a different different angle to it is is because we are so, I mean we're small, we we you know, we did what I think we I think we moved sixty nine thousand proof gallons last year somewhere around that give or take a thousand, and what's fun is we're so nimble that we can adjust and as long as we adjust in the right direction it in some ways it keeps our the people that are following us and and drinking our booze and 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 are interested in us they're like oh wow this is something fresh and new and so for us it's it's that constant evolution of a brand that you know in some ways it, it could be detrimental down the road because then people that are following you start to expect you to rebrand yourselves every few years. And, and so for us, it was, it was, we didn't have an, anything rooted that it didn't matter. And, and quite frankly, we didn't have a huge local following on what our original packaging was that it mattered really. And that, Quite frankly, the, the people that hated it or loved what we were before and hated what we went to was so, so small that it's like, fine, I'm okay. So what? You know, yeah. we, we gained more than we lost, I guess is the best way. I'd like to meet the people who loved what you guys were before and hate the new packaging. Because <laughs> that is, Rob that, that person has interest in me. <laughs> They are a sad, small yeah. sect of the human species. But I think maybe it passed away since the closing. Oh, it's so sad. They were on their way out anyway. Well, I think that, you have a good point, though, Colton. I, you know, because I'm, you all know, I've been working on this like harvest, this rum that I'm working on, which Chris, I know I got to send you a sample. I said that. Uh, I will. But, you know, that's the whole, when we talk about that, we were building that brand out. I'm as a producer, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a liquid. I don't give a shit what you call it. Just make sure it sells. I don't yeah. care of the brand behind it. However, I think it's a lot easier for marketing and brand people if they have the spirit that guides the brand as opposed having a brand and to guide the spirit. And I mean, it's easier to do when I, you know, I make essentially two products, right? We have two main things that we do. That's it. So... That's everything where, you know, I think a lot of yours, Chris, was more important that your brand totally, you know, is everything in your portfolio. It represents everything in your portfolio. Well, it's definitely a, it's definitely a portfolio that you have to have some unity for because of how many we make, you know, how many products we have out there. So you want that whole scenario where if you're looking on the back bar or if you're looking at the, you know, uh, package store, it, there's there's commonalities that catch consumer that we have already, and then something that uniquely grabs thing. I think that what's interesting right now is we brought on a new sales manager who came from 
R&DC world, and then he left them after like seven years and went to work for a startup tequila company. So he's worked both sides of the equation. And now we're focused on how do we bring the bring all the variants together in off-premise, for example, because there is there is some cachet, if I can use a really cool marketing word because I've had a couple of drinks. Synergy. It just rolls off. Yeah. Oh, synergy. Yeah, synergy too. That you can put them all together on a, on a shelf and that blows consumers' minds. Like, oh, wow, you got 12 products that all look alike and they must be good. And they're all pretty good. I mean, some are better than others, but still it's that whole, that wow factor that, that is interesting to talk about. But it, it's that, how do you bring that together? Because you get... You go in, and you guys know this, you, you walk through a, uh, a liquor store, especially, and there's so many, you know, it, it's all segmented now by variant, tequila line, you got your agave line, you got your whiskey line, you got your bourbon line, you got your vodkas, your flavored vodkas, you know, we all know, your rum and everything like that. So how can you bring the variants together to really set yourself apart? And that's the big challenge that I think producers like us, excluding um, Corsair, because right. they're just giant behemoths and we all aspire to They're really them. not, though. Yeah. They're pretty <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> they're they're better now that I've left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had a guy there that was there for a little, like a tiny little bit when they were really good since he left. Yeah. He was an intern, I think. Yeah. Well, he was an nice. intern. He ended up marrying one of the bartenders there. He was a real class act. <laughs> well, okay. So Corsair and you both kind of had to go through the same conversation, I assume, of being a house of brands or a branded house. And you both kind of decided to be the right. branded house. So I think you're kind of talking about that. Like, what? why did you decide not to go with you know, different individual brands and say in case you want to spin one off or sell one or something like that. No, I think it was more even simplistic on it was because if we, if you know, you guys know Rob, production yeah. manager, he likes his widgets to be the same and he likes his labels to be the same and he likes everything that, that works in production. So there's consistency that he can be efficient. If we were adding different bottles and labels and things like that, it would drive him insane, and he would <laughs> he would blow a gasket that might kill him from an aneurysm because he's like, "What the hell's going on?" Fair. That's actually a really good logistical point. Well, on that end, and it was just cheaper to have more bottles and the same labels that you just changed, you know, font. That is fair. Or not even font. You just, just letters that were different. Have you guys moved to any of the sort of online platforms? And I can imagine, I mean, your labels are like we're talking about there a lot of them and they're, you know, the branding's fairly flashy. So I can see that doing very well. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at LibDib, which has been interesting. Um, because we, they're, we're, you know, not to toot my horn, but, or our horn, but we're like the, they're the, we're the large, the 32nd largest seller of products on LibDib from 
300 different variants. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I was actually surprised and shocked when we had our end of the year discussion. They were like excited about it. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, that sounds fine, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> okay. Considering that most of their products are all within, you know, the Midwest and things like that. So for us to be, uh, you know, as far away as we are and, and some kind of a, some kind of a unique following, that was pretty cool. And that we were kind of hitting some spots that they were looking to fill in their portfolio because that grain alcohol slot, no one else is selling that. That's right. That's awesome. Um, how many states? So where can we get if one were so inclined? How would you? How would I acquire some Ghost Coast products? You can go on LibDib. You can go on Seller.com out of DC. Um, that's our that's our two biggest online platforms right now. Right. I think that's like a you know a pretty common evolution of our industry now, right? Like. A lot of people are making that pivot or like driving their efforts in that regard. So as far as like, okay, so now I have a question because you have a large portfolio and we're kind of just going to keep talking about your large portfolio. Uh, I feel like that's an innuendo. I'm it's, subtly it's a girthy portfolio. <laughs> it's a girthy portfolio. Um, it makes up for a lot of shortcomings. How does... <laughs> how does that conversation go with a distributor you're like hey look we have this many things in your in our portfolio is that a positive a negative like they're like well we want this this and this but that other stuff you can you know stick it where the sun don't shine you know it's interesting because we're in the growth mode and we're actually talking with several states right now and and distributors from that perspective and you know What's been what's been curious to me is a couple of years ago it was like you've got too much we don't want anything to do with it and things like that and now it's like what's your volume in those products yeah and so it's all which I guess in some ways it shouldn't be surprising distributors are all about how much volume you're going to sell or something and if you're selling it somewhere else and you're doing that many cases then it makes sense that we can do it in this state with that scenario. If we get the same support, blah, 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 blah. Because I mean, I think one of the things that benefits us, Savannah is a huge tourist town. And even through 2020, they didn't stop coming. (laughs) That is (laughs) not surprising. I mean, what was crazy is I think in a lot of ways, especially South Georgia, and I have no scientific proof other than just crazy right-wing conspiracy theories, is we... Like it? Well, I mean, we... The reason that we spiked in, in coronaviruses is because it was being brought by tourists that gave the gift that kept on giving, and then they left. Oh, so the Mardi Gras method. Well, yeah. What, what happened yeah. here. Yeah. But... They haven't stopped coming. Now they're not coming, you know, 2019, we saw over 15 million tourists to Savannah. Now, 2020, that wasn't the case. And 2021 won't be the case. But still, we're still seeing 
two-thirds or half of that, which is still a lot of people, and they're all coming from the Midwest, the Northeast, the Southeast. Wuhan. <laughs> Thank God we haven't gotten any Wuhan. <laughs> but we're we're still we're still seeing those people coming and and they come and they like what we do at Ghost Coast and they want our product and like, well, who do we buy it from when we go back to Missouri or Kansas or Ohio or Indiana? No distributor is really going to make your brand for you, right? That's right. it's it's tough. It's my least favorite part of you know what we do is that relationship, and it's so vital and important. And you know, I'm not saying they're all bad, but they are. Um, <laughs> so you know, the the direct to consumer thing is huge. Um, I think that you know we always try and get you know from my experience now where I'm at, we we target right. You got to think about your FOB price. It's like okay. How do I get them the best margin and us the best margin so they can make money so they have incentive to sell it because that's massive. And then there's other things that, are, that I know when we talk, Chris, you do a lot of things that require maceration and simple syrup and that's got to fucking suck on that margin that you make because there's so much effort into that. So how do you balance that whole game with your level of portfolio and, I asked like seven questions and one question in there. <laughs> but all one yeah. word answers. Yeah. <laughs> this is a binary question. Maybe. Well, it, it, actually I can I can I can make it very simple. It's all about volume. Right. Now, we make we've we've decided to put our bed or make our bed in volume. Our margins are all predicated on sell as many cases as we can. And and in some ways, it's much like every other distillery in the country. Our profits come from what we can generate out of our tasting rooms, what we can do in special events and things like that that help. And and then it's all about slugging it out in the trenches on uh, on distribution and growth. Are you guys getting pretty close to maxing out your facility? Are you going to need to do an expansion soon? No, we've still, I mean, we're still, we're running like one and a half shifts now, five days a week. So, I mean, we built the place to run seven days a week, you know, and, and run legitimately three shifts a day. So we've got tons of capacity. And so we're just, we're just planning on the growth and planning on what we need to do internally well, you guys have anything else, or should I grunt us out? I think we can do a good old-fashioned grunt. Give us a grunt. Uh, uh, <laughs> final thoughts. Um, I have a good one. I thought about it while we were talking. Uh, it doesn't pertain to you, Brian. He was not listening worst. to you, Chris. Yeah, he was not involved in the conversation at all. What a tool. No, I uh, know that. Uh, he's talked to me enough times that he knows that I have the attention span of a flea. Um, so my final thought is, is there something you guys made that you don't make anymore that you really love and you wish you made? And that can be, that can go to Colton too. Is there something that you made in wherever it is or where you were, or Corsair, or whatever you do? Like, man, I wish we could keep making that. I'm going to defer to Colton first. 
Well, all right. Uh, I mean, the the one I loved it at Corsair the most was when we did our single malt, and as much of a pain in the ass it was of you know the whole malting process and everything. It it did kind of feel like that extra step of control, and just you know, I mean, it's kind of what you say, you know, like taste the fruit, just being through that whole process from beginning to end versus just buying the malt. You know that that to me was. You know the most fulfilling of a your Tennessee single malt, the one with yeah your malting yeah the, yeah that we you know we had a very yeah. small malting house and you know did a very small runs of it and you know financially it was not worth it in the end um, right but the product was product awesome was great. to make true to fruit I bought a bunch of bottles and I love that shit you probably true got more bottles than I do now <laughs> yeah we put stuff didn't you put some of that in the old X Beam barrel. Yeah, we did X Bean. I think they just released a month or two ago some um, Jamaican rum barrel finished ones, and that was probably the last of the self malted stuff. Well, you know what, you know, Chris, if you can't think of one that you like, is there one that you absolutely fucking hated? Yeah, and you're really <laughs> glad is gone because that's a fun conversation too. Uh, well, I think the, the the proper person to ask is Rob that side because he's just i mean poor guy he is constantly battled with what do i need to do and because we're still we're still young and i can't give him any kind of although i think this year was the first year that we've actually given him a a production schedule that matches a sales forecast that he actually can live with and he's like oh this is great (laughs) so but I think one of the biggest things that we're we're glad to see go away, we're getting rid of our carousel, which I know everybody's heartbroken about that. What am I gonna do? I know, but it actually is good though. It is. We good. got a triple sec that's coming out that's going to be phenomenal. All right. So we've replaced one with another that actually is makes more sense. Fun story, and I can tell this now because we've signed the deal, is we had a, as we first called it, a Carthusian bitters that is no longer in production because the monks from Northern Italy and Chartreuse had a averse <laughs> conception of what we were doing. And we, we threatened them, apparently. And <laughs> That's that's always a good sign when you're threatening monks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to hell anyways, and I know I am. Pretty much why I got in this industry is to threaten monks. <laughs> but now it's Verte Herbal Bitters is now replacing our Carthusian Herbal Bitters. And I look forward to that going out to the market. Uh, if I had to pick one for me, it would be um, a long time ago. I got my hands on some Pinotage grapes and I made a Pinotage Eau de Vie, uh, which is the dumbest fucking weirdest fucking <laughs> thing I've ever made. Um, but it was kind of cool. And I know I'll never make that again, probably, because why am I going to have a South African grape? In, right. I'm just not going to do Orleans. that. <laughs> yeah. Just isn't going to happen. So um, that would be mine. That was a cool thing that I did once. 
And Brian, I guess what do you not get I, to drink anymore? I really miss making uh, memorial videos for dead people. So I haven't done that in years. It's a real missed it. part of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's what he used to do, Chris. I guess some context. Context. Of- no, no context, actually. No, just for fun, I, I made I memorial videos for a, dead people. That would be a new broadening perspective for you, Brian. I mean, with all that's going on in the last year. I mean, you could Dude, jump right in there. I know. It's like you could do like 400,000 or something. <laughs> Screw all this publishing and distilling industry. Let's get back into death. I mean, it's constant. So, I mean. That and taxes. So, they say, all right, that's a terrible way to end it. All right, Brian, lead us out. <laughs> Love you, dummies. <laughs>